Today on the podcast, a mantelpiece moment about how every city has that street. I, Seamus, judge a book by its cover, and I mean I bought a book based off its cover, wrote up what I thought the book would be about, and then read the book to see how right or wrong I was. And then of course, what book have I pulled down from my never-ending pile of books to read? All of this this week on A Novel Review. Hello and welcome to the literature podcast, A Novel Review. My name is Seamus, your host, and together we will discuss, dissect, and explore the wonderful world of literature, and the wonderful world of literature is a vast and dense jungle, so let's start making our way through, one book at a time. Hello, hello, welcome back. Welcome to the beginning of another episode of A Novel Review, a podcast exploring the wonderful world of literature. My name is Seamus and I am your host and for today's episode I judge a book by its cover and then I judge how well my judgment was. The book itself is called Cherry by Joanne Beard but before I jump into this book I always take a moment to reflect on any mantelpiece moments something to highlight from the week past. And this past week, I was in Genova, Italy, and it's just this sparkling city. It's it's rich, it's rough, raw, authentic. It has spiraling streets and so many steps that make you think you are really in some kind of rustic maze. It's incredibly earthy in its Italian nature, and the food and wine, of course, were all top quality. But this is not the mantelpiece moment, as nice as that was. The mantelpiece moment is a street within the city itself, the Via Garibaldi. It just seems that every historical city like this always has that one street, a street that's oozing with historical aristocracy. And in this particular case, it was lined with palaces and palatial residences. They are just incredible pieces of architecture and history and Wonderfully enough, mostly free to enter and have a poke around. Some of it was sanctioned off and some you had to pay for. And I did actually pay to visit one that turned out to be an art gallery and a museum. There were some absolutely beautiful paintings, a lot from the period of the 17th century and beyond. But what I loved most is in many of the original rooms, the walls and the ceilings are painted with frescoes. And I just love that. I just... Love the idea that you just turn the walls into the artworks themselves. Don't bother hanging anything. Don't, you know, no nails, no fuss, no nonsense. Just paint on the walls. But I think what I love most about buildings like this is it just so clearly reminds me of the Count of Monte Cristo. And the Count in the novel purchases a place of similar grandeur and from a similar time period along the Champs-Élysées in Paris. And I think I just love that story so much. So having the chance to be surrounded partly by something from that time period is just so rich and lovely and adds that sort of personal element to the story. And it was a great art gallery and museum as well. From a side note, its name is the Palazzo Rosso. So if you're ever in the area, check it out. It was worth it. Housekeeping, as always, all the scripts from the episodes are available on my website, just in case you know of anyone who has a hearing impairment who might get a kick out of a written version of the pod. So head along, they are all free for use for all to enjoy. Also, all the episodes are available on YouTube with closed captions, if that's more your cup of tea. 
Okay, here we are. Cherry by Joe and Beard. For reference, I am writing this initial thought, this judgment off the cover itself on the 5th of August 2023. And this is is what I wrote. Okay, so I'm looking at the cover and it looks to be an oil painting. I'm not sure if it is an original or a painting by an artist and I can't check because I'm not opening the cover so I can't see who the cover art is done by. But basically it looks to be an oil painting of a room. It seems to be quite shaded in blue. There is a single chair and a coffee table. A book lies open and maybe a cup on the table. There are big windows of rolling green fields and a single tree with what looks to be a small lake. The sky is also a lovely deep blue and I'm getting the kind of moody vibe similar to the painting by Picasso, the old guitarist, if anyone knows that artwork. Okay, so based on this, what do I think the book will be about? I'm getting strong isolation vibes. Someone living alone. I'm leaning to be a woman based on the female author and I think living in isolation due to some past trauma Maybe a death or the end of a bad relationship that has driven her to this rural view. The view is stunning, but given also the deepness of the blues used throughout, especially within the house, gives me the vibe that whoever inhibits this house is stuck in their despairing mood, despite the beauty that they have tried to surround themselves with, and I think that is what the book will be about. This person trying to rediscover the beauty the world can offer. (sighs) Goodness. Now, as I am writing the script for the episode, I am writing this on the 4th of September, so about a month later, I have now read the book and now it's time to review it. I have not gone back and reread what I originally wrote, although unfortunately I can basically remember, but that doesn't matter. What's done is done. I've reviewed it. Here's what the book is actually about Cherry, Cherry, Cherry. Incredibly short. That is kind of why I picked it for this episode, to be truthful, but no less punchy. I'm writing this without looking back on what I had written, but this was a beautiful story. The prose was really sharp and luminous, with this fleeting sparseness to it. A novel about taking control when life has seized your life. And without further ado, let's have an overview. Coming in under 15,000 words, Cherry is about the eponymous figure who has been living with cancer. In this beautiful story, we enter the final weeks of her life as she begins to reminisce upon her childhood and what her future looks like and how, despite not having control over an all-consuming sickness, an individual can still grasp something to define themselves with dignity. A blend of memory and the present The author Joe Ann Beard writes at the close of this novel that this is a true story in the sense that she knew Cherry, who suffered and died of cancer. The structure, the bones of the story are true, but the conversations, the characters, responses to moments are imagined, and it's one of those stories that causes you to pause and reflect on your own life and behaviour. Isn't that beautiful? What Joanne has done has taken the pain from the moment and turned it into something luminous, something full of hope. I know if I died in this way, I would love to look down from wherever I was and see a beautiful little piece written about me. That right there is probably one of the scariest parts of dying. It's that your life is no longer yours to defend. 
It is now up to those who you interacted with throughout your life to carry the light of your existence for you. Your life is no longer your property to defend. Cherry decides that the pain from cancer is too much and she would rather take her own life rather than let the sickness consume her until she dies herself. It's a curiously beautiful moment because, in a sense, it's an act of defiance. And yet, that defiance is a confirmation of a personal extinction. Cherry wants to die. It's that moment of relinquishing the fight, conceding. How do you know? How do you know when to concede in life, to give up the fight and struggle? Knowing there could be a miracle if only you would have continued. A difficult choice to make and in the end, a personal one that has to be respected. And then after this choice, after, after that moment has been realised and decided, there is almost peace that floods the narrative because now the rest of your life is defined. And it makes you wonder, if told you have one month to live, for example, four weeks, 28 days, how would you spend them? Is there some acceptance in a moment like this, an inescapable moment? And I think, for me, that was the strongest part of the story, was its simple honesty. It is a shit situation, and it never tries to pretend that it isn't. But I think what is also a really important thing to note is, the story never completely falls into a state of despair. I can only imagine that when you get terminal cancer, your mind must just be consumed by ideas of the world orchestrating everything against you. And, I mean, to be fair, it would be so simple to be bitter and resentful of the situation. And while Cherry might be angry, sad, pissed off, she never succumbs to despair. Instead, she notices more beauty in the world, that of her daughters and the world they are living in. The writing style is so simple, so fleeting, like scraps of paper in the wind that form this story. It's, it's, it's so lovely. It's like a summer breeze in the afternoon. For reference, I will upload the photo of the cover to Instagram and put appropriate links to the cover art for the artwork itself. Go take a look. Judge the cover for yourself. Let me know how you think I did with my guess. I think I did all right. I wasn't spot on with the story, but hey, that's what happens when you judge a book by its cover. Because it is such a short book, I, I can't really say any more without going into detail and ruining the story. And, you know, I want everyone to experience this book for the first time without it being ruined. So go head along and get a copy and read it. What would I rate this lovely little book out of five? I'm going to say a 3.9 for some simple grounding beauty. So what am I reading this week? What is on that pile, that big, big pile of books that just seems to grow weekly? This week, I am reading an absolute gem of a novel and with any luck and privilege, I will be interviewing the author. It is called The Boulevard by Jared Edson. It is this incredibly beautiful novel of speculative fiction. From the outset, it might seem crazy or wild, but I just found the premise, yeah, simply beautiful and fun. Basically, it centers around Satan, the devil, 
And to put it incredibly simply, Satan is in hell and God decides to inform Satan by email that he will be paying him and hell a visit. Satan panics because hell is not all doom and gloom as some people think and he has actually had Vincent van Gogh paint the boulevard. Now, I won't say any more about the storyline of the novel, but it is such a thoughtful piece that really gives beauty to what is quite painful for many, because all the writers and artists that are in hell are there because they have committed suicide. And a lot of them pop up throughout the novel, which is also just kind of fun in its own way, in some shape or form. So yeah, it kind of creates some light from this tragic darkness, and the story itself is fun. I could not recommend it more. If it sounds like your wacky cup of tea, go check it out. Now, before I close out the show, if you have listened this far, please consider hitting those five stars. I would really appreciate it. Also, feel free to head along to the website and support the pod. And of course, thank you, thank you, thank you for your attention. So I think it's time to end this episode. And today to take us away, I think a bit of Vincent van Gogh and a quote that I am sure relates to today's novel and anyone who has suffered through bereavement will feel. And he writes that the sadness will last forever. Forever.